Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is, we're almost at the middle of the month. It's the 14th of May, and it is a Tuesday, and we're already in the week, and we're going to talk about why we're here. And everyone's like, yeah, well, why am I here? <laughs> but one of the biggest questions I had, second to what is my purpose, after I saw Christ, and somehow at that time I really felt obligated to answer that for people and for myself, um, what are we doing here? And what difference does it really make for you to know why you're here? Other than the fact that it gives you direction. And the biggest reason this question is so prevalent is that when things happen that we don't like or we don't want to happen, that we say, you know, why is this happening to me? Why do only bad things happen to me? Why am I suffering? Why are people dying? Why are we getting sick? Why am I getting sick? What's going on? And then after those events come and go, we're like, oh, man, it's just like a live and learn thing. That's just the way things are. That's just how we, we live. Oh, there's nothing I can do about that. And we have these dead-end statements that make us feel like life is not any other way other than this way. So how does understanding our purpose turn things around for us? How does it do that? Well, there's so many weird stories because in the beginning when I first saw Christ I remember being scared of certain things happening there's always something we always say oh everything but that and then the one thing that we say but that about is exactly what shows up at our door because God doesn't want us to be scared of anything but we have to get there Because we are people, and there are things that happen here that aren't fun for anybody, and sometimes so devastating that we may not even get over it in our lifetime. So how do we balance that? How do we reconcile that with our daily lives? A lot of what's happening in America, that I know for sure because it's the only stats that I've seen, is that anxiety in the United States is like prevalent in almost anyone you can talk to at some level. And a lot of it boils down to the fact that we fear our own futures. That's, that's anxiety right there. We fear the future. But how do we not do that? How do we say, 
I'm okay right now. I will be okay tomorrow. No matter what I face, I'm going to be okay. How do we get there? Sometimes I have to reel myself in. Like my mind will go, and then I'll go, wait a minute. I can deal with that. And I used to do this thing, and sometimes I forget, but it comes back to me, thank God, quickly so that I can take myself out of where I think I'm going. And that is that worst case scenario thing. What if this happens? How will I deal with it? Even if I say I don't know how I'll deal with it, I will do my best when I get there. Just knowing that I have a best in my mind that I could do, even if it just means, hey, I'll be devastated. I won't know what to do, and I'm going to cry for a week if that happens or the rest of my life. But just giving our brains a plan lets us cope with our own existence. So that brings me back to why are we here? Whatever it is that goes on in life at this time in our history, and I'm always very specific to say this time in our history, because every time in history has its own bag of tricks. In our time, we, most of us that are listening today, were not born into technology. We were born into, for the most part, two-parent families, low rate of divorce, people living together was a huge hurdle to jump over. Being anything but a heterosexual couple was a problem. And look at how much we've grown. We accept each other, for the most part, completely differently and with love. If somebody's divorced, they're not ostracized. Not everyone's a two-parent family. We get that. We are really learning how to balance our time between technology and real-life time versus virtual time. We have come such a long way. But there's some things that stay the same. Love, needing love sharing love, wanting love, that never goes away throughout our history. That's why we can watch like an old movie and all the circumstances are different from today, but it's a love story and we understand the love story so we can watch the love story. That's why in most movies, when there's an underlining love story or connection, not just one part like just fear or doubt or worry that gets solved by the end, but also a love story, the viewer tends to stay interested because we always want to see people get together. We always want to see the love. So brings me right back to the circle. Why are we here? It's, it's one word. It's love. That's why we're here. The question is, 
How do we get to that love? Sometimes it's through illness. Sometimes it's through hardship or through challenges or through things that we don't like at the time. But it whips us right back into realizing that the only important thing is love. You may have interests, like you may need to be really organized, or you may like to be a little, you know, cozy and have stuff all around, or you might like to sit at your desk all the time, and you might want to always do a certain thing, and you have personality traits that are different. But we all come back to that warmth of love. And how did I even learn that? Every time I think of this, it brings it back home. And it it happened with, do you guys remember Dawn? For for those of you who have been here for the five and a half years, I used to have a co-host named Dawn Katzen. She's a really beautiful person. And one day she came over and she said to me, I had a dream about a really close friend. They, they, um, Don and her partner at the time had a very close friend who had cancer and they loved him so much that it was devastating Don that he had cancer. And they didn't want to lose him. She didn't obviously want to lose him and didn't want his wife to lose him and just was unbelievably attached to this man, more so than she even thought prior to him having cancer. But what happened? She had a dream that she was with him and she reached her hand inside of him to pull his cancer out and save him. When she had that dream, she said, God came to her and told her to put it back in, that he needed to grow through that. Like that was the reason he was having cancer in the first place. And she put it back in him, and she woke up. So she comes over the next day, and she's, in a really weird way, relieved. And she's telling me about her dream. She's telling me about the man. And I never met the man. And, you know, for the most part, we we knew a lot of the same people. But I never met him. And she said, I really felt so bad. But after having that dream, at least I understand. And that's all I remember, the conversation. But that dream that she told me about explained exactly why we are here. Over and over again, when I think of why we are here and why what's going on is going on, is because these obstacles are what each one of us needs. Each one of us. There isn't one that we don't need. So 
Take the worst thing that's going on in your life right now and look at it as something you need instead of something that's happening to you. I'm going to say that one again. Take a look at the worst thing that's happening in your life and tell your brain it's something you need to grow your soul. When you say that to yourself, it takes that challenge from something you're pushing away to something you can face. And when you can face that, it takes everything in your life and gives it purpose. It gives it purpose. That's the difference when you know. Can you imagine in the beginning when I saw Christ for people to say, well, what's my purpose? And I say, oh, to go through a bunch of challenges. And they probably look at me and go, well, why these challenges? I don't want these challenges. I want these challenges. I would have said, You need these to grow. Before I was able to encapsulate it with Dawn's dream of, okay, it's putting the cancer back because you need it, but you will recover from it. One way or another, you're going to recover. Even if the recovery is passing away and going back to God, you're still recovering. Only that was the answer. but you're going to recover. But when you say to someone, you're here to go through that, the way you look at those things changes how you solve them because now you're solving them from the top down instead of from the bottom up where you're like, oh, then I got to go do this and I got to do that and I got to get that and you're just like under it. But then you get on top of it and you go, oh, okay, so I need that to grow. What is the best thing I can do today? What is that? How is that? What does that look like? How can I solve this? There is something you can do about it. Not there is nothing I can do about it. It's not this is the way things are. How can I make things the way I would like them to be? Yeah, we live and learn, but do we use the learning? Or do we try to learn it and then go back to what we were and then make it fit back into that small space that we lived in mentally? Think about that. It has been. Such an awakening for our souls to even think of our souls as having a purpose and a reason of being here. We say it, but I don't think we wrap our minds around how big that is. If you look around at everybody in your life, your children, your partners, 
your family, your siblings, your parents, your closest friends that you chose. And if you think, if I left today, if I left today, they will all have to go on. They will grieve. They will love me. They may remember things I've said. They may remember things I've done. They will look at it differently once I'm gone. My children may have learned from me differently. My voice will be louder in their heads. When my friends think about me, they may smile and say, wow, it was really great knowing them. Oh, this person helped me. They really helped me from their hearts and they didn't care. They didn't make me feel bad. They didn't try to hurt my feelings. They didn't try to make me feel less than. They didn't try to dig at me. When we can think like that, we know we're leaving love behind. So at the end of everything, at the end of every day, when we go to bed at night and we're ready to fall asleep and our brain is just kind of going through the day and fixing this and fixing that and taking care of certain things, if we feel like we've done our best, like, well, you know what? I may not have liked the answer. I did my best. I did what I knew to do. I did what I could face. Think about that, what I could face, because sometimes we're not ready to face things. But I did what I can face. I'm ready tomorrow to take a next step. I'm ready tomorrow to make life even better. Doesn't mean I work harder. It means where I come from in my heart, that I'm coming from a place of wanting to solve what's in front of me, then I will learn what I need to learn. And that will give me calm. That will give me peace. That will, like, let me be the person I came here to be. Everybody wants to come and, you know, with all this media, you know, you can videotape yourself at any given time and broadcast it to the world at any given time. And everybody wants their spot, wants to be known for something or whatever it is that's going on in our world today, generally. None of that at the end of the day when you go to bed matters as much as how you felt while you were living that day. How you feel about what you've done. How you feel about what you've left for the day. How you feel about how you took care of yourself. Because once you can deal with what you do or have done that day, Everything else becomes dealable. You can deal with everything else because you know how to do that with yourself. Giving yourself a chance to grow, to say, hey, you know what? I may not know everything. Do I need to know everything to be clean-hearted? No. But I can be clean-hearted. 
and feel like at least I know the best that I can know today. Giving your soul the opportunity and the space to grow one step at a time. Now, you know what Christ said, every change is a million baby steps. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Every once in a while when I'm doing the show, I feel this incredible feeling of peace. I don't even know how to box it. It's just so much peace. And every once in a while, When we're talking about something like this that breaks it down and gives us hope for ourselves and for our lives and saying, hey, you know what? I'm here to just do my best, not here to do anything bigger because my best is the biggest thing I can do. And wherever that leads me, I'll be able to handle because I will know how I got there. I will know. And with that, I will feel calm. And with that, the anxiety that I used to feel, I won't need it anymore because I won't be scared of my own future. Being scared of our future literally has stripped us of our own daily enjoyment of life. Because if you're scared of your future, what does this moment matter? Really think about that. If you are scared of your future, How do you even wrap your mind around today? Today's just another day of fear to bring you to another day of fear, which will be tomorrow, which will bring you to another day of fear, which will be the next day. Paying attention to today, looking at, hey, These are going to be the contents of today. And when I go to bed tonight and I go through everything, I do want to feel good about it. So let's say I go to do something today and I ask myself, when I go to bed at night, will this make me feel better or worse? If the answer is better, do it. If the answer is worse, Don't do it. Learn to understand what it feels like. To learn to discipline yourself, to give yourself a discipline to live by. It was like when I was younger and I went to gymnastics and I was there like four hours a day and I loved it and you know, there was a lot I was scared to do and I'd go home and somehow it'd show up in my dream. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I did it in my dream. I could do it in real life. And, 
and all of that. And I wasn't the best gymnast. But what I did learn was the discipline. The discipline of doing the exercises, of stretching. That has stayed with me till this very day. I didn't just start working out. I, since I was a kid, them teaching us how important it was to stretch, them teaching us how important it was to keep your body fluid and all this business, never left. It was a discipline I took on. But what that taught me was we can take on any discipline. We can say, hey, you know what? I could eat that bag of chips or while I'm at the store, maybe I don't buy the bag of chips so I don't bring the bag of chips home and then I look at the bag of chips and it looks back at me and then I finally bust it open and before I know it, I ate the whole thing and while I was eating it, I was thinking how I was going to exercise and then I never exercised so maybe I shouldn't bring the bag of chips home. Boom. That's how it goes. We have the power to teach ourselves, to guide ourselves, to learn ourselves, to know that that's a pitfall. I just did it the other day. We bought this really good popcorn called zebra popcorn, and it's in this red bag, and it's like non-GMO and whatever. And I thought, oh, wow, they had samples of it. And I thought, wow, that's really good. My son likes it. I figure he eats three-quarters of everything. I might as well bring it. I brought it. But then I realized that once I had one or two, I couldn't stop. And I love it. So I looked at my son, and I said to my son, you know what? I'm not bringing this home anymore. I can't stop eating it. And one or two days is fine, but I can't do that as a regular And I ate it, like, until I almost, like, couldn't have another bite. So I just said, we can't buy it. And he he laughed at me, and he said, well, you should buy it because I have discipline and you don't. I'm like, really? Every time you open the little canister with it in there, you go back two or three times yourself. You don't see it because you're taking a little bit at a time, but that's what I was doing, and I really can't bring it back home because – I I know that I can't resist it. It's something I could have once in a while, but I don't want that to be my everyday because I did not feel good afterwards. The whole day I was like, shoot, I ruined my whole food day with that. And I didn't want to feel like that. That was it. I didn't bring it. I didn't miss it. But when I brought it and I was staring at it, It was staring right back at me saying, oh, baby, I taste so good. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Well, yeah, you do. Okay, let's go for it. Then I realized I don't really want to do that every day. And if it's not here, I'm fine. I don't even, like, think about it. But the fact that it's staring at me, I stare back. But the bigger part of that was, What really made me feel good was that I was able to listen to myself. 
That took a lot of practice, a lot of days of, oh, another day like that. But as time went on, those days became less and less and less and less. We're never perfect. And I don't want to be perfect. They're just telling you that story, and that was only a week ago, not even. Just reminds us that we are growing souls. We will always be challenged with something, whether it's money, illness, some kind of crazy stuff. And we're going to go through it. And at the end of it, we go, oh, my God. Even being with someone who passes, when we leave, we feel honored that we were there with them. Even to that level, we are here to face challenges. We are here to learn to hear ourselves, to listen to ourselves. And when we look at it that way, it really changes our world, our life, our surroundings, our feelings, the way we dress, the way we eat. Changes everything. You guys, my time is already up. I wish you guys have a great day. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.